welcome again to Weird Austin. This is episode two, and I'm here again with Ronald Witt in his humble abode, surrounded by those same weapons. How you doing today? Good. Good? Caffeinated up. Caffeinated up, enjoying your days off? Yes. All right. Uh, Is there anything you wanted to say before we started? Trump. Tapes. Soon. Quote-unquote. 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 Hopefully it'll be more quotable if he has tapes, but yeah, I think it's just a attention-getter. All right. Well, we'll jump into it. Uh, Were you raised religious? Yeah. Uh, I think I was raised Christian till I was six, maybe. And I was given the option not to go to church, and I was like, yeah, I'd rather not go to church and just sleep in. And right. Yeah. And while they were still at church, I was able to wake up and, yeah, play video games and eat breakfast instead of waking up at uh, 7, 6, 7 in the morning to go to church for mass and, yeah, sit around for an hour and fall back asleep in church. Yeah. What games were you playing in 1983? Dear God, what was I playing? Could have been anything. Could have been Dragon Warrior, Final Fantasy, anything. That I could get my get my hands on. Yeah. But yeah, that was definitely Nintendo times. So I think before that, my early, early elementary was uh, Atari. But yeah, I was raised a uh, Christian and pretty much just kind of fell out of it. I wasn't following the. Uh, I liked the uh, the whole entire stories from the Bible, but I was just kind of like, are these real? Right. And as of a while, I was like, none this stuff is happening. None this stuff is real. And I never really prayed. I never caught the concept. And, yeah. So would you say you're currently atheist? No. Agnostic? Anti-theist. Anti-theist. What would be the difference between atheist and anti-theist? Atheist doesn't believe there's any gods. Uh, and doesn't really do anything else besides that, besides just being an atheist. Anti-theist is actually, I guess you could say, the step above the atheist. Uh don't really believe in God. You, you could probably have an ag- agnostic anti-theist also, but uh, the anti-theist portion, big part about it is don't believe in organized religion at all. Don't allow it to happen either. If it's for monetary gain, tax-free, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, it shouldn't be around. It shouldn't exist. Uh, yeah, there's no reason for it to be around if it's there just for monetary gain. For some guy that uh, preaches every Sunday or so, or at stuff that's famous to uh, have a mansion, or several mansions. Right, yeah, did you hear that uh, Katy Perry's parents were, uh, I think they, like, owned a church or something, and they were, like, really heavily involved. Um, I think they were figures themselves, and uh, her father went to, uh, you know, attend one of her concerts, saw 20,000 people worshiping Mm -hmm. her, and was like, this is so wrong, you know, they should all be worshiping God in this mass, you know, uh, collaboration of people. You know, and calling her basically a false idol. <laughs> uh, false idols. I mean, you worship the false idol by worshiping the Christian cross. That is an idol. Yeah. It's not necessarily Jesus or God, or you shouldn't be worshiping it. Of all things, logically, you shouldn't be worshiping it because that is actually depicted as the way that your deity, uh, physical form, died on a Roman torture device. Yeah, it just makes no sense to worship that uh, hmm. type of device and wear it around your neck and it's like yeah cool your god died by a Roman torture device 
oh, this is Jesus. I was like, yeah, on a Roman torture device. <laughs> yeah, I was very confused on the boat. My first time around, I uh, decided to, you know, look back into religions, like all of them, and uh, I was at a uh, Latter-day Saints, you know, sermon, I guess they would call it, Mm-hmm. And at the end, uh, this guy came in and immediately just started covering up every single symbol. And I was like, what is this? What is he doing? Is he offended? You know, what is going on? And I asked him, and he was just, you know, he told me what you just said. You know, he's like, oh, we don't worship any symbols. We worship, you know, what's in the text and what we feel. Dogma and the doctrine. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I thought that was very interesting, you know. And uh, I guess that makes it easier to, uh, I don't know, like you said, not have, you know, um, money behind it. You know, you're not selling or creating any kind of trinkets, you know, or anything, you know. I guess for the book itself, you know, the Bible itself, which is ironically the uh, most shoplifted book of all time. Yeah, this has so much input into it uh, from over the years and so many altercations to it because of interpretations when it's supposed to be the one true Bible and there's no fallible or infallible stuff about it. It's supposed to be just as is, but there's different ways to interpret it for some reason. I don't know how. Didn't the other, like, the original tablets actually have, like, tax information on them as well as, you know, religious information? I have no idea. Yeah, I read somewhere that uh, a lot of the original tablets had, you know, all kind of tax information and everything else which is weird because like that's like don't we have separation of church and state like yeah, it's supposed to be <laughs> like, I guess because started that way the original uh, was it US documentation which is the religious people are allowed to they're not taxed because they're yeah still doesn't make any sense why you wouldn't uh, tax a business that's bringing in revenue whether it's donated or not yeah it's weird if you were to speak to somebody who doesn't know where to get their morals, what would you tell them? Like, not to preach to them how to live their life, but what advice would you give to them? You should say old Greek myth, myth, uh, mythos, ironically, mythology. Uh, you get a lot of your morals from there, but you can actually differentiate nowadays. Back then, there's probably still no differentiation, but nowadays you can differentiate, hey, this thing's teaching that moral, like Arachne, Athena, and all that. She said she was the best weaver in contrast and then competition with Athena, and Athena's like, no. And she supposedly popped down and was like, yeah, we're going to have the spinoff, and Athena won. She's like, instead of smiting her outright, she's like, you know what? Your weaving's good, so I'm going to turn you into spider. You're going to be the best weaving thing on the planet. <laughs> Arachne. Be careful what you wish for. And that's basically like, I guess it's a pride lesson, which is like, you can have a lot of pride, or whatever good pride, bad pride, but yeah, don't let it swell your head, because there's obviously somebody out there that's going to be better than you. Mm-hmm. Moral that, yeah. Pride. Still then, it's still one of the seven deadly sins, but still, yeah, if you had all that stuff that existed way beforehand, if not that, uh, not Confucius. Was it? No, not Confucius. Darn it, I can't remember what philosopher it is. It's not Aristotle. I want to talk about the golden rule. I can't remember who it is. It sucks. But no, you can get your morals from stuff that predates uh, Greek mythology, too. You can go back to your Orients. Uh, they have talked about morals and stuff, too. Yeah, just do unto others as you would want done unto yourself. Uh, yeah, differentiation between good and bad. 
uh, yeah, would I want this done to myself? No, then don't do it to others. Hmm. Simplistic. Okay. Um, do you think true equality is ever possible? Could ever be possible? True equality? I think we can get to the shores of it. Maybe the shores of it. Uh, true quality would be difficult. I mean, you still you're gonna have people that'll discriminate over your melanoma. <laughs> Did I say that right? Yes. Uh, skin color, uh, your hair length, anything else that uh, I guess that's instilled in us as mammals to see as different and needs to be attacked or torn down. Uh, that would probably be the biggest thing that would prevent equality. Is I guess our instincts, the uh, I guess partial ego, partial id, because I guess that goes back to those to a degree, what you're brought up with. Uh, I'd say we can get close to it, but it still won't disappear all the way. We're going to have that one person who's like, well, you're doing this because you're black, white, Mexican, whatever, uh, whatever could be cultural difference. Uh, yeah, there'll still be that one person that'll probably still nitpick at that and be like, well, they're doing this because of this. And there could be all proven facts that says otherwise, but they'll be like, no. It's this. Hmm. Uh, but as far as, yeah, quality and all that, uh, I'd like to. I think we can come to at least 80%. Okay. We'll still have that little small percentage of uh, at least humans that are going to be like, nope, we can't do that because blah, blah. Right. Even if there's facts brought up that, no, no, that doesn't do anything or determine anything. Yeah. So you were saying last time that uh, logic and reason always prevail you know, yeah. in a sense to kind of get your message across. Do you think that um, religion is a big, you know, barrier to that? Yes. I'd have to say yes. Religion in itself, that's why there's the difference between uh, science and religion, I guess you could say, is uh, science is ever-changing. It learns and actually revises as it needs to from mistakes, errors, things that are proven, disproven, hypothesis, uh, et cetera, et cetera. That's why they, when they say something's proven a fact in science, it's actually a fact. Or if it's a hypothesis or true, it's scientifically proven true until proven otherwise. Religion is, it's true, it's in the Bible, you can't change it. There's supposed to be no other way to interpret it. Um, it's infallible. You can't really, you can't update it. The Church of Latter-day Saints and Catholicism kind of update, you know, I mean, they admitted to aliens being a possibility and... A couple of, yeah, you didn't hear about the Pope. Came I remember out. the Pope, right? yeah. he was like, yeah, there's, there's possible aliens. I mean, I mean, that's pretty big. I mean, they're also the ones that decided to freaking destroy Galileo, poor bastard. Well, different people, different time, yeah. different, different space-time. Not like then they had literally the Catholicists were basically it was like, oh my god, we discovered other planets, but we can't let that out because it could destroy our whole entire flat earth celestial beings statement. And said so they were like, well, we got to release it. It's scientific. Yeah, it was scientific, and ironically, it was religion discovering it, but they wanted to keep it hush-hush. Uh, it doesn't make any sense why you would do that to society unless you want to maintain control. Uh, they don't want to advance, so to speak. They want to control. They want to keep it the way it is and stagnate and prevent people from actually discovering stuff. Even if it's discovered, they still want to cover it. Uh, yeah, it, it Science is a, or religion is a hindrance, the doctrine itself. As soon as people can break away from that and they can still have their religion, whatever morals they want to gather from it or whatever, 
but still realize that they can get information, literally just scientific process, as you would call it, or literally just studying something and realizing, hey, I was wrong about this, this isn't right, so I can change my theory on this, and this is correct. Yeah, the religion won't do that. It's literally, it's dogma. Uh, you can't change it. Hmm, okay. Well, I know uh, religious religious societies always have their secrets, but what do you think of secret societies? Yeah. Shouldn't be so secret. But then, yeah, once you bring up a secret society, it's not really secret anymore. Uh, uh, I don't know, there's no real reason for a secret society unless you're trying to hide something, trying to get something else done before people realize it's done or, yeah, otherwise uh, doing something good or bad. Uh, I guess more realistically, if it's obviously a secret society for doing something good, uh, take for instance uh, Anonymous, I consider that kind of a secret society, but mm-hmm. all in all, they're doing good. Obviously, they're doing it uh, kind of cutthroat, uh, figurative, spe- figurative speech, but uh, yeah, they're getting shit done one way or another. You know, hacking people's websites, uh, adjusting uh, the ethereal information, the Ethernet information uh, that's out there as much as they can. How do you govern something like that, or do you just hope they have good morals? You have to hope they have good morals, especially with Anonymous. I could imagine, I mean, there's probably obviously some portions of Anonymous that would be considered bad people that are doing bad things, uh, so to speak, going over the boundaries of uh, gray to black. Uh, but overall, I'd, I'd hope it would be doing good. But as far as governing it, man, uh, you would literally have to shut down internet. You'd have to shut down internet and hope that they don't have some sort of freelance Wi-Fi, freelance internet that they can still hook up to. Yeah, you'd have to shut down internet to shut down anonymous. Hmm. To go back to the old mail mail system. If they divided and they had a civil war within anonymous, what do you think would? that would mean for the rest of us. Ooh, that'd be bad. Uh, at least the says a group. I imagine there's probably be something else would come out of it, but still, if it did happen, that'd be a sign of the times that something's changing, change is coming about. Would it be good or bad, but yeah, that'd be a sign of change. Okay. Hmm. Um, how could Austin uh, use its progress of progressive morals to uh, influence the rest of Texas, I guess, to catch them up to the times. If if we view, you know, we're we're correct and they're stuck in the past. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Ironically, I don't know if that would even be able to happen. You'd have to get rid of s- small towns. Uh, I mean, you have the small small town mentality. Obviously, everybody knows everybody mentality. You know, this goes on, blah blah blah. Then you have Austin, which is uh, not small man small town mentality. We still have our suburbs of areas of people that know people, but um, how to progress other towns that are outside or cities outside of Austin. Mm -hmm. I guess it's information organizations. Uh, I mean, you probably have Austin, well, I imagine there are uh, Austin organizations that go out and actually go to small towns or other cities in Texas, whether it be Boy Scouts, Girl Scouts, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, Yeah, just to spread, spread word of, hey, this doesn't have to be this way in this area, or this shouldn't be going on this way in this certain certain part of the towns or cities of uh, Texas, and actually progressing and saying, like, hey, Austin's overcome this. Yeah. 
weird enough, but uh, yeah, Austin's uh, how people have approached uh, problems, having that reflect onto other towns. I guess uh, people okay. that'd be the way. Send out the people. And I noticed we have a really big transient problem. Um, how do you how do you view Austinites uh, treating their dogs better than the homeless? Horrible. Nobody needs dogs. No. Uh, I don't know. It's a weird thing. I was like, uh, I guess it comes down to why the person's homeless. Obviously, if they're a known thief, just got out of jail and they're homeless, yeah, they're not going to have the best of time. They shouldn't have the best of time. Uh, if you're homeless just because you couldn't afford rent, et cetera, et cetera, abandoned, weird choices that just turn, turn out right, yeah, uh, those people should need help. There should be places people to provide for them there kind of is uh i mean you have your day job workers um a lot of them are homeless or mexican uh and then you have the homeless shelters well i'm not sure how many there are in austin anymore i'm not sure if the arch is still open or anything like that i heard one yeah but you can go there certain churches offer food as long as you come in either tithe or whatever or pray uh, but yeah you can still get a meal you can still do day working job. You'd have to stay at a halfway house. Uh, you can still get off your feet in, uh, yeah, Austin if you need to. But that's, yeah, it comes back to whether or not the person's homeless for a reason or no reason. Uh, but I'd say about 75%, 50% be safe are out there homeless for a reason. They've done something. They've fucked up. They're alcoholics. So most of them are alcoholics, ironically, and that's a society thing, which is it takes people to actually realize, hey, this person's alcoholic, we need to treat it. Not to, yeah, treat the person uh, as trash because they're an alcoholic and their predisposition to it. Um, but I'll go back to uh, the UK thing, which is the UK actually uh, does stuff for people that have addictions, and they actually treat the addiction, not treating the person as trash. Yeah. And they actually rehabilitate them, they talk to them, you know, what led to this, et cetera, et cetera probably use more of that. It was like, well, you're homeless for a reason. Let's find out what that reason is. Let's see if we can remedy it. Obviously, if you can't, then there's not much you can do, but if you can, yeah. You should be able to help them. Yeah, I know the UK and Austin has a really big problem with K2 or spice, you know, the synthetic marijuana. And mm -hmm. uh, I know we had 22 different ambulances sent to the same location for 22 different people. And it really gummed up our, you know, EMS system for like a whole day. You know, and yeah, I completely agree that, you know, treating the symptoms instead of, you know, scolding the person is probably the better way to do it. You know, I know they have a documentary on it where a guy says that every time he smokes it, he feels like, you know, he's burning on the inside and he hates it, but he still does it like yeah. once an hour. Mental addiction. Yeah. Mm. Nah, I've never done, never done the stuff. I wouldn't. Um, yeah. So it sounds like a hallucinogenic or body feeling that you just can't control. Okay. Um, how do you feel about Austin's open carry law? It's retarded. Yeah, I mean, like you have your uh, protests that happened at UT when that uh, came to pass and they were having dildos. <laughs> and open carry, which is you can't have a sexual device dildo out in public on UT, it's against the law. But you can have a weapon that could discharge and kill somebody on UT campus, which, yeah, it's baffling. 
So, I mean, before a gun's even banned on campus, open carry, loaded, uh, that's not even banned before a dildo. Which is, I guess it might assault somebody's sensibilities, even though a gun w could assault somebody's sensibilities too. It's like, ah, it's a gun. Don't know if it's been used to kill somebody. But, no, if you're gonna have an open carry, it obviously has to be, if you're in a bad part of the neighborhood, uh, literally you need to go out at the gas station at midnight and you know people have been murdered in the area, obviously you're gonna have, you're gonna wanna have a gun. You wanna openly carry it and be like, hey, fuck off, you know, yeah, I got a gun. Weren't they wearing uh, vagina hats at the, the women's rally? Yeah. So, <laughs> how is that any different than carrying a dildo? You're still kind of imposing on other people, right? I think it was more or less they were displaying it as a, yeah, women genitalia. I mean, I'm sure you could pass off a dildo as a sexual expression. True. Somehow. <laughs> I imagine there are probably people even during the women's gen uh, the uh, women's rally that were probably had dildos too. It wouldn't surprise me. Mm -hmm. Oh, differences. Uh, I don't know. A vagina hat isn't. Well, you could suffocate somebody with it, but I don't think you can outright kill them. You could suffocate someone with a dildo, too. <laughs> True. That's, uh, that would take a talent to be a fat one. But yeah, either that or catch them screaming. Uh, how do you think people can manage their expectations better? Don't have expectations? What do you mean? I don't know. It's like going into work. It's like, I don't have an expectation to have a good day or a bad day. I just go in there expecting stuff not to be done, stuff to be done. At the end of the day, I'm still going to leave, and it's still going to try and function. Or just waking up during the regular day. I know I'm going to wake up. My basic expectation is going to be I'm going to eat, probably go to the bathroom, shower, and do whatever. Uh, instead of waking up in the usual day of uh, society of... I expect it to work and have an excellent day and have all this production stuff and then you don't have it happen and then you've just created a downer for yourself for the day instead of just going in and having no real expectation except to actually just make it through the day. Too much expectations, I would say. Yeah, I've heard to expect to do your job for the money and do your hobby for the love and yeah. eventually you'll get financially stable to where your hobby can become... You know, Reality. Yeah. yeah. And that way you kind of get, I guess, the experience and then maybe the capital to fund it, in a sense. Yeah, that's the difficult thing, is, yeah. Cost of it's going up. Cost of happening, yeah. Your hobby become a reality. Instead, you're, yeah, spending all your time at work to make the money to have your dreams become reality, but they can't because that reality would take up time from work, and if you lose your work and you aren't quite at your reality of what you would want to be doing then you can't pay for it, and yeah, it's a vicious cycle. Uh, how do you view parents who no longer uh, open up presents at birthday parties in front of other children, as well as they don't, you know, give gender-specific gifts like uh, Barbies, you know, that just portray a more uh, unrealistic version of the, the human, you know, the female female body? Do you think that's I mean, uh, better or worse? Do you think that... Uh, parents not opening, I guess, over-gentrification of gifts or they, they unrealistic? They won't open presents in general in, in front of any of the children so they, they don't feel jealous or upset. You know, they feel how children are more sheltered nowadays. I mean, is it 
good to shelter your children in some ways, or is it better to completely open up and say, like, this is life, this is going to happen, this is what to, I guess, in your opinion, not expect, you know? I'd say more honest, the better, uh, especially sooner. If not, if you baby the your children, we're like, hey, life is, you know, butterflies and my little ponies and lucky charms. No, it's not what life is. Be like, hey, life's cool right now, but eventually you're going to have to be out on your own. Mom and dad are going to die. You're going to have to be monetarily stable. You might need transportation. Your job might suck. You might be good. Yeah, stuff like that. What age would you start introducing those kind of morals? Ooh, that's a tough one. You have to ease them in. Uh, you can't just throw a... You can throw a kid in reality, but it would, uh, yeah, end up having American Psycho or something, Patrick Bateman. But, uh... <laughs> but, yeah, you have to be reasonable with it, which is like, I'd say, your kids are obviously going to have questions about that, which is like, I don't know, hey, you have questions on this? Something might happen with this? Come talk to me? Yeah. Uh... I'd definitely say at least junior high. Around the junior high time, 14, if not sooner. Some kids are yeah, 12, sooner. 12, 13, 14. But obviously around the junior high time is when most kids have a full-on awakenings and be like, what is this? Why is this happening? Yeah, and puberty starts up and then everything else, and you have to tell them that they're eventually going to have sex. Yeah, well, have, you, have you seen that they're uh, handing those... Uh, gender-bred man out Yeah, I saw the gender-bred man. Yeah, kindergartners. like... Kind of a lot I'd say like by six, they're obviously gonna you know, like something different. Yeah. So yeah, you're obviously gonna tell them as like girls have this, boys have this. This is what's gonna happen. Yeah, obviously, probably around six, you're definitely gonna talk about the uh, gender and what they're going to turn into when they start hitting adolescence. Yeah, I actually surveyed a lot of people that came through at work, and they said about age ten was whenever they understood their sexuality, or at least started understanding the sexuality. But some people that are way before then. Right. Well, women they... mature quicker. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I think mine was elementary school, I want to say, yeah, around 10, around 10, 11. Just like, what is this urge? Yeah. It's like, I want to drink soda, but it's not soda. <laughs> hmm. Okay. What do you think is the biggest lie that modern society has been told. Everything's okay. There's like so many floorboards that could be pulled out uh, before everybody's like, what is all this? I mean, you have your regular society, regular human wants to wake up, pretty much wants to lounge. Our ideal work time, quote-unquote, is supposed to be eight hours when it really is like it should be five to six hours per day just per human mammal function uh, there's actually a psychological study on uh, work uh, energy I guess you'd say the energy you have throughout the day for working the average person is basically every hour every hour your mind your body expects like a 15 minute break hmm. from the actual work monotony uh, obviously if you enjoy it obviously it will be different but they said the average work is going to be is going to be uh, five to six hours and each hour is supposed to be 15 minutes where your brain uh, even if you're working eight to ten hours your brain will illegitimately will take you someplace else huh. uh, you'll daydream yeah you'll daydream you'll your your brain's going to take you out of it no matter what for at least a few minutes okay uh, 
But I say that's the biggest thing is like uh, the average workday, what it should be, whether or not you need a car or have to have a car, why you need to have all this brand name clothes that are $120, $200 per shirt. You don't need all this. What society is supposed to be is our id. It's supposed to be our id, which is hunt, gather. Yeah, the old caveman mentality. Like, uh, unfortunately, we are supposed to form cliques. We're supposed to form tribes. Uh, as much as people say they don't, I was like, me, like, I'm a gamer. I like to have nerd conversations. Now, if somebody comes up with, like, a Western or, hey, I like hot rod cars, I'm like, I don't really have an interest in that. I was like, it's a big hunk of metal that goes really fast. But it's cool, and I'm like, no, it's not. This computer that can run, like, eight games at once, that's cool. It's just different clicks. Yeah, you're going to have your clicks. Your tribes, so to speak. You uh, could find a metal ground. How about a computer that runs the car? That'd be awesome. I mean, See, no, they have that's, those. That's, they're, they're, that's yeah. where the tech, yeah, that's where the tech comes in. That's where the nerd stuff comes in. Yeah. Uh, sports, I don't really have any interest in sports except maybe soccer. Uh, talk football, I'm like, I understand football, but I'm like, I really don't have an interest of watching people in tights run back and forth with the pigskin trying to get it past lines. I understand there's history behind it and everything. Right. History of basketball and all that. But it's mm. cool, but I'm just kind of like, that's become this weird, dramatic capitalism sport of uh, which fleshy member they can trade off to some other team that might improve the team and who can pay the most money and stuff like that. That shouldn't be part of reality. I was like, hey, you pay them for a contract and then whatever's done instead of, yeah, they'd run, you know, they ran secret dog rings of uh, dog fighting on the side because they had that much time and that much money left over on their hands. Talking about, uh, what's his face again? Michael Vick. Was it? Was it? Yeah, was Vick. Just stuff like that. You know, the whole entire Deflategate stuff and, yeah. It's kind of like, this is supposed to be sports. We're supposed to just watch sports. It's fun. Okay, it's done. Uh, but yeah. Shirts, cars. What do you need it for? What do we need it for? Are we taking it with us? No. If you had your own utopian society, what would you deem necessary? And what would you deem as, you know, the ways of life that your followers should follow? Conan the Destroyer. That'd be the way to live. In a loincloth with too many muscles and... No, I guess so... Ideal society would be hunter or gatherer. You have your cliques. Obviously, you're gonna have your factions that you're gonna be against. Obviously, uh, it's almost no way to avoid it. Just because you're like, hey, your skin's too light, your skin's too dark, whatever uh, reasons. You know, your clothes are of a certain color. I don't like you, but I'm not a gang. But it's still another color. I don't like it. Yeah. <laughs> would you kill the intolerant? No, I try to come to a midground. You have, yeah, you're obviously going to have people that are not going to go with certain things in uh, your ideal utopian society, and you'd have to work with them. That would be still an ideal utopian society is where everybody can meet on the middle ground and be like, hey, this is cool, we can all exist. We don't have money involved. We can hunt, eat, we can grow vegetables wherever, we can grow vegetables in our front yard in the city of Austin without having to be fined. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that stuff like that. I was like, why can't you grow vegetables? It's unsightly for the uh, for the city of Austin. I was like, but I'm paying rent for this. This is my property. I'm going to grow vegetables in my front lawn. No, you can't. It's legal. Yeah, stuff like that. Makes 
makes no sense. Do you think they're trying to save you from improper growing techniques that would make you sick, or do you think they're just trying to stop your fun? I think they're just trying to stop the fun. I mean, most people, if you're going to grow vegetables, you're going to have some knowledge of how to grow them. Uh, obviously, don't eat them after you spray pesticides on them, fertilize, rotate crops if needed, till, de-weed, pests. Yeah. Where do you see Austin going in the next five years? Ooh, five years. Probably more roads. More more potholes, probably. Definitely more potholes in the future. Uh, right now, Central Austin, oh my god, I think we're going to have more paid car parkways, park lots than ever. Uh, we're obviously going to have more of the high-rise apartments. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a little scary. I'm mainly just worried about rent. Uh, rent for the typical Austinite that's been here for a while. Like me, I feel the burn slightly. Make rent's going up to 650. Mm-hmm. Still not too bad considering what I have, but still, of what I'm making per hour, it just doesn't make ends meet. It'd be more realistic to split that with somebody. 325 would be dreamy just to have to pay that per month, plus utilities. That would be dreamy, but probably more. Lots more. Lots more uh, carports. Well, not carports, the, uh, what are those? What are they called? Your car landing decks or whatever, your car lots, car parkways, giant garages for things that we don't need. Right. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, probably a lot of those, probably more apartments that we really need. I mean, the, I'm not even sure how housing is going in Austin anymore. I know they were talking about, yeah, it's shitty, and then I'm guessing they're doing something else for that. A lot of developments in the outskirts and a lot more, uh, like you said, high-rises in town. It's everywhere. Everywhere. And, like, take it off of uh, Stastny. I mean, you have that clear field over there by Tinseltown across from out of Cross I-35. Now it's literally a little mini market there, Mm -hmm. a gas station and all this other shopping places. And I'm like, did we need it? Uh Uh-uh. Yeah, well, I think soon, you know, I'll be out of a job with... uh, Central Market being, or Whole Foods being bought out mm-hmm. by uh, Amazon, no more customer Little service. Order your Am- order your uh, Whole Foods stuff online through Amazon. Have it shipped to you. Well, have you seen their demo? You just walk in with your phone and yeah. you you lift it up and, and, and you know recognizes and everything. Yeah, that's I think that's great. But you know, I'm just hoping they don't change it up too much to what Whole Foods was originally. Because obviously, if you change it up too much, you're not going to have the you're not going to be catering to the same customer. You're trying to make it more Amazon catering through Whole Fields, Whole, Fo- uh, Whole Foods to another customer, not the original customers of Whole Foods. I'd imagine hopefully they're smart enough to know that uh, Amazon. But I said it probably is just going to be Amazon the the buyout, and then <laughs> then the, they're going to restructure. That's always going to happen. There's going to be some sort of restructuring. They're going to try and see if they can cut money expenditures here or there or spend money here or there in another area. I think there was a meme already out about the guy that Amazon that bought Whole Foods. I was like, I like some wholesome foods and it was like, I like to buy some and yeah, did that and he accidentally bought Whole Foods. <laughs> I was like, that's expensive but I can afford it. Let's do it. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's actually, I thought he was on the side of uh, net neutrality, right? Yeah. What do you think about that? You recollect net neutrality is what basically not having the government involved, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're 
obviously on something there should be government involved on that stuff. Obviously, child pornography over the internet, items that shouldn't be sold over the internet, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Yeah, they're obviously going to be government involved, feds, whatever. But any other stuff, as far as like me, I'm on my computer, or whatever I look at should be what I'm looking at. And obviously there should be some things flagged on the internet if you do searches for them or are going to a certain websites. Yeah. There should be some sort of flagging going on there and there should be somebody knocking on your door if you're looking up bomb parts to put together and it's obviously not for college or high school. Yeah, there should be somebody knocking on your door and that should have some sort of flag sent off to somebody, something. But that, I, I wouldn't say every computer or every everything that's done on the interweb should be monitored uh, just for the simple fact of just monitoring it and having somebody in some office like, hey, this person's looking up, you know, cat and dog porn or whatever. Yeah. No, they're... Me that. I'm not sure if that's entirely what the net neutrality is thing. Is that it? So I'm trying to remember the definition for that, what it was going on with that. I remember it to being... Uh, your stuff being monitored and certain things being allowed and not allowed within certain nations. That's what I remember it being, if I remember correctly. Restrictions. Chinese, China restrictions, like typical, how they already had it, as far as I know. They have certain restrictions. Uh, they can't be on the internet for a certain amount of time. And actually, they can't limit our content that we view or anything like that. Yeah. Hell no. Uh, as far as limiting content, um, yeah, obviously, within reason. If you're obviously looking for people getting beheaded every day on the internet, yeah, you should... You can find that on YouTube. Some, yeah, I was like, you should look at something else, man. Should be a, should be a demand for it. Right. <laughs> no, I agree with you with um, limiting, you know, what, I guess, what safety, you know, issues are out there. Or like, the, like, looking up in a bomb, you know, that's it's obviously bad, but I feel like there's always a way, you know, they're going to they're gonna spell it differently or oh, yeah. use different signs. So, I mean, like... Yeah, they already have backdoor uh, web hack sites that are like that. Right, yeah. So I feel like that almost be impossible to stop, but I think that um, <laughs> just handing over all freedom is also not the answer. No, no. It's like gun control. So you look at me, weird about gun control. Gun control, I'm like, either you're all for it or you're all against it. He's like, you can't have... I want gun control, and I want all the guns controlled. And I was like, well, what about the regular citizen that's going to need that, especially in the bad part of the neighborhood? They're going to want a gun. Okay, go and apply for it. That's still, that's a midway point. Or there's no gun control. Police have guns. Everybody has guns. You just figure out which one would work for that society setup or region setup. Yeah, same thing for that. Hmm. Figure out what area needs proper policing of the internet, webs, computers, etc., and which one doesn't. On a bit of a higher note, uh, what was your favorite thing shown off at E3 this year? E3? I have to say Monster Hunter World. That and the Skyrim VR. That's like the only reason why I would get PlayStation VR is the Skyrim VR. Yeah. Then having a chance to actually accidentally kill myself while getting breathed on by a dragon. Yeah, that would be awesome. But Monster Hunter World, uh, that is looking really good. Uh, just the fact that it's going to be most likely multiplayer, going to have single player still, and it's kind of being redesigned, well it is being redesigned differently from the rest of the Monster Hunters. It's trying to be more action oriented and less, uh, I guess, item usage orientation and all that other stuff that the previous Monster Hunters did. It's basically being a slight reimagining coming to the PS4 port after, since PS2. Mm -hmm. That's the last time Monster Hunter was on Sony. Yeah. 
there. So it's been a while. I'm just glad that Capcom's finally broken out of the Nintendo license for it. But yeah, that one's looking good. Yeah, I heard Sony and Nintendo are kind of... I don't know if they're losing or giving up more of their rights, but it's kind of more open. People like me on the Xbox are very grateful. Well, they actually did it. They had a debate on that for crossplay. Sony actually made a statement on it, if I remember correctly. Uh, they were having people that were hacking crossplay or games that were being going to be crossplay, and they Sony's like, because they were wondering why Sony wasn't going to license anything for that. And there's like, well, we have a game model they actually want to one. And I understand their their standpoint, which actually makes sense, which is they have the people that invest in the game. They want it to be available on certain ports, and if they, you know, stress, obviously, we want it Sony exclusive, they're obviously going to be only available on Sony. If people are hacking it to be available on a computer or anything else like that, they're losing revenue. Hmm. It's like taking your investment. I want my painting sold at this business, but if other people are able to replicate it and sell it to other businesses, you're not making a profit off of it. Right. That's the whole reason behind why Sony made the statement, we're not going to allow cross-play at all. We're not going to work with Xbox to make a Sony game for Xbox that's Sony exclusive or Microsoft or PC or Nintendo to make a game for those because our investors have said they don't want to have it on that market because they wouldn't make money off of it. Yeah, gaming is getting way too it's, grubby. It's weird on how the capitalism comes into it and just capital itself, monetary value, comes into it because ultimately what it comes down with the video game it is a work of art. Mm-hmm different medium but still it's still art expression of those artists yeah and i think it's just going to come down to whether or not artists want to make money off of it or not make money off it if they want it out there on different mediums yeah i'm glad we have crowdfunding like that definitely gives other kickstarters that's Mm -hmm. other developers a chance i mean take this game that's currently on here this is dead by daylight it was crowdfunded friday the 13th that just came out crowdfunded And they just happen to be like Dead by Daylight is PC only at the moment, if I'm correctly. It's about to come out for Xbox One and PS4 later on this year. That's the rumor is still, but I think it's still confirmed. But yeah, that's just telling you what crowdfunding does. Friday the 13th turned out kind of pretty bad for bug testing, but the game was done. It still looks fun. I mean, picking up somebody literally when they're not in front of you and they're off to your left, yeah, and then you kill them and they don't die right and they're still floating in the air after yeah. they're supposed to be dead. That's obviously really bad bug testing. Setting traps and they're just like floating ten feet in the air that aren't going to do anything. <laughs> no, yeah, I've seen it. Yeah, it's just that type of stuff. I was like, come on. And it's like, literally it comes down to what money they had available. Is like, either we can do production or we can bug test. And it's like, let's get production done. Let's get our work done. Let's make it look pretty. Might not function right, but it's going to look pretty. Yeah. <laughs> well, do you have any uh, statements to anybody who thinks they have Austin all figured out? No. No, you don't. I'd say go down those dark alleys late at night. Go out on the weekends. Go on those particular weeknights when there's parties going on other places. You'll find out. Now, they have, like, they have week parties that are, like, in office buildings that are, like, only know people. Like, people, they send it out to people, and then it's like, you're the ones that know about it. You're the ones that are coming to the party. Like, nobody else knows about it. Hmm. They have this. They have actual sex parties that happen in Austin. Really, you can look up uh, online, and they're literally invite only, and they have to actually meet you to figure out if you're going. And literally, they'll tell you it's a party, but there might be people having sex out in the middle of nowhere, and obviously getting recorded for online purposes. Oh, Stuff like that, and that takes place in Austin. People, I don't know. People are like, wait, that happens. I was like, 
it's Austin. There's stuff that's going to be happening that you just don't know about. Hmm. Yeah. What other stuff uh, that you'd be comfortable sharing with over this forum uh, do you know about? I think that's about the only thing that's weird in Austin. Uh, yeah. It's the uh, private, private uh, sex parties. That's the only thing I really know. Uh, yeah. I think it is actually the only weird thing. Alright. Well, that's, uh, believe it or not, 45 minutes. 40 minutes of pain. <laughs> and suffering. Pain. Uh, do you have any uh, calls to action to anybody who's out there listening right now? There's Trump tapes out. And Alex Jones. Alex Jones? Alex Jones with the, uh, what, what's it called? The uh, shooting? Oh, Sandy Hook. Sandy Hook. Yeah. Let's have him sit down, do some interviews with those people that were victims. Would you ever interview Alex Jones yourself? Oh my god, no. I don't know if I could handle that, man. <laughs> Since he started shooting, I'd probably have to tranquilize him. Okay. But like, just chill, man. Just talk. He, he, I knew he and had talked presentable, presentable facts, not fringe facts. You said you used to listen to him, right? Way back in the day when I first moved to Austin, I was just like, okay, this guy's got some political angst. And then after a while, I was kind of like, he doesn't have political angst. He's just crazy. <laughs> he's just outright crazy. And I was like, he's angry, but for all the wrong reasons. And then he's going into other things that are just... I can't follow you there, man. It's it's there's a barrier. I just can't go there. Uh, yeah. Sandy Hook was an inside job. I'm like, do you have evidence? Well, this picture of this girl and this girl, I was like, those are different people, but they just happen to look similar. <laughs> than the whole entire underground pizza, yeah, child pornography place, and the Clintons were involved with it, and et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. I, <laughs> no. And then you had people actually reacting. Two people, I remember the two people that reacted to the pizza dungeon, sex dungeon thing, and was it one of them went in, ran out, and still got arrested, and the other one went in, shot a few times, and then literally people were exclaiming, there's no dungeon, what's wrong with you? Yeah. And this is like, I feel sorry for those poor pizza working at that business. Right. Like, there's no kitty porn sex dungeon, murder dungeon, in the basement of this pizza place. There's no basement. I'm sure we could do a whole episode on Alex Jones. We might even have to. Uh, I could ultimately just feel sorry for the guy because he's got caught in his own shtick so much. I mean, he was probably had a pure intention at first, and he just waded way too deep in that stuff. And it's, it's kind of like, dude, just all you do is just take both your legs out, man. Yeah. You'll be fine. <laughs> well, I think that does, does it for us. Uh, thanks for joining us, and uh, I guess we'll see you on the next one. Uh, Justin Laney and I've been here with Ronald Wood. Hey,